You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. Bradley, 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 Bradley. It seems that we're always the ones stocked with the most British of British films here on the Screener Squad. Um, and that's as much as I want to do with my British accent because I have got... This movie has given me the gamut of every conceivable British accent I can think of. Even the cartoony ones. Well, I say, uh, most in particular, the ones that are drawn out and... Mostly drool of the high society. <laughs> and believe it or not, there are some people who sound just like that in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. No, even crazier, there was one guy who starts off this film, and as you said it, Brad, it sounded like a Family Guy parody. We was like, oh, I say, I believe that we should go to court and give the king 750,000 pounds. <laughs> like, like, not kidding. That is exactly how he sounds in this movie. <laughs> that was uh, so spot on. Like, it really is. But uh, this movie is Peterloo. Uh, this is interesting because it's the new movie from Mike Lee. Now, for people who don't know, Mike Lee is a very respected British director over the years. He did stuff like uh, Secret and Lies. He did Vera Drake. He did Mr. Turner, Topsy Turvy, Happy Go Lucky, Another Year. He's done a lot of movies, and most of them pretty well respected. Now, is Have he usually the director and writer of his films, or was this? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, no, he's very in charge of his own stuff, and he's the same here, where he's the writer and director, and in fact, most of the crew in this movie is pretty much everybody who worked on Mr. Turner with them. So, it's, you know, it's, it's a high caliber of production on this movie, and I wish I cared more in this film. <laughs> yeah, so, but before I get into that, let me just say this. Uh, so, this movie is based in um, England, in the, what year was it that they established here? Uh, 1819 is the story of Peterloo. Right, right, because it's shortly after the Battle of Waterloo and those kind of things, and apparently this is set summer in the Peterloo area in um, Manchester, where it's like, oh, well, pretty much, if you're not in London, you're pretty much doing slave labor up in these areas. They exploit you, they, you know, test you for crimes that you didn't, like, either either you didn't commit them or you didn't commit to the scale that they're punishing you for. It's like, oh, yeah, you stole a coat. Uh, hanging. And you're like, what?! Hang him by his laurels and by his neck. Yeah, so that all happens, and then, you you know, we see this group of people who are like, you know what, we're fed up with this, workers' rights now. And, uh, yep, they gather together, they form a workers' reform union, and there's a whole bunch of stuff leading up to an infamous massacre that happened in Peterloo where, yeah, uh, a lot of people got injured and a lot of people got killed because the government is a bunch of dicks in this movie. (laughs) And that's pretty much the gist of all this movie, and the reason why I, I didn't specify a single character is because I could not tell you a single character's name in this movie. Could you, Brad? Well, I remember there was a Jonathan, but that might be because I know Jonathan's personally. And as soon as I heard someone called Jonathan, I was like, there, there, that's the character. I'm going to follow that <laughs> character. I know that name. Easy to remember. Yeah. And that's the problem here is that there are so many people in this. And th- to their credit, everyone is acting very well in this movie. 
but they're all unknown actors except for like a couple people who I'm like, oh, they've been at a bunch of BBC stuff. Or, hey, look, it's the guy from uh, Penny Dreadful, Laura Kinnear. Yeah, but then everyone else is so interchangeable and they're so like dressed down. I couldn't tell anybody apart from one another at some point in this movie. Well, just to uh, put a big exclamation on your point, (sighs) it wasn't Jonathan. Looking through the cast right now, and the character's name was actually Joseph. So, <laughs> so my bad. But yeah, you're you can't absolutely even remember the right. name you remembered. Hundred percent agree with you. In other words, yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's such a bummer about this movie is that it's actually a very well-made movie visually. It's beautifully shot. It's well edited, like in terms of like the flow of images. Uh, great costume design, great sets, great acting, and overall good literate dialogue. But the problem with this movie, one, it's two and a half bloody hours. Like, God. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of those hours are made up of sitting around in Parliament. And not necessarily the Parliament you see in real life. Uh, well, in modern times, I should say, where everyone's just screaming at each other for an hour. <laughs> Everyone doing their best yo mama jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These uh, Parliament scenes are pretty respectful and restrained, but of course they have to be in order for the script to work. But some guy will go on for a good 20 minutes, it feels like, about the importance of the king's decision or about the importance of the labor. And they're making these huge, grandiose speeches about being hungry sucks. We should rectify that. Like, yeah. (laughs) How can you turn that into 20-minute speeches five times? And that's kind of Well, like, that's the thing. No, that's the thing. If there was just one scene where that, was, that happened, it's like, okay, they have their big platform speech where they make their big points. But they do it six times back-to-back of a group of people meet up, two or three people get up in front, they make a long monologue about, we need rights. We need rights because the government is evil and we need to make sure we eat. And then that ends. And then they go to another scene where a bunch of people meet and they get three people and they all monologue. And that is a good hour and 20 minutes of this movie. It's, oh, absolutely. It's, it's draining to watch those sequences because I'm like, we get it. We get it, movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a bummer because everything they're saying is like ostensibly good. You know, like it's, it's all good stuff. It's all important stuff about not exploiting workers, about the way that government is handled, the way that the workers should have a representation in parliament. It's all good stuff. It's just all good stuff repeated over and over and over and over again. No, you're absolutely right. There's a scene in The Patriot, Mel Gibson's The Patriot, where um, (laughs) Heath Ledger's boo, is it boo or bae? Heath Ledger's gal stands up in church and gives this rousing, like, 30-second speech. Now, the Brad before this movie, you know, always saw that, like, that was just silly. But the Brad after this movie is saying that was a really well condensed point she made. I think all giant monologues should be kind of restrained down to two to three minutes now. So I think that's Good. one of the few times anyone will respectfully talk about the Patriot in a movie <laughs> like this. <laughs> Which I don't think the Patriot's all that bad either. But that's the thing. It's like yeah, it's just it's just that problem that it's just so long winded in everything it does, and at some point. It's not even clear there is a massacre going to happen. It takes a good hour and a half to hour 40 minutes before they even hit at the gathering at Peterloo. And that just makes it so aimless for the first hour or so. Just like, okay, they're angry, and you see why they're angry, because people are getting punished ridiculously in this film. Mm -hmm. But then 
it just kind of goes and goes and goes. And even when the actual meeting is about to take place that's going to lead to the massacre, that kind of just sits there for a while, too. You're just waiting for stuff to happen. They're like, nope, not yet. Nope, not yet. Nope, not yet. And it's just like, (laughs) okay, it's over two hours now. Come on, get to something, movie. (laughs) Yeah, I really thought the massacre would be like Act 2, and the repercussions of that massacre for the workers and the government was going to be Act 3. No, um, it's pretty much the very ending of the movie. Yeah, not exactly. It's interesting. I mean, sorry the, for sorry to spoil this movie, guys, but that's oh, it's literally history, the, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think how it starts out at Waterloo and ends with Peterloo was a, actually a really good choice. Just although it, it did surprising. make that opening that opening sequence was like one big long take of the Waterloo battle. It kind of felt kind of superfluous by the end of the movie. I'm like, oh, that was just there to do something that wasn't boring in this movie. No, you, you might know? be right. Yeah. Well, it's like know. a bookend. Bookend, book beginning. Waterloo was a horrifying massacre of teenagers and, you know, adult soldiers, I guess is the proper term. And now these men that returned from that horror are now experiencing that horror on their own soil yeah. by the people they defended. And that's that's good. Like That really shoots up this film's rating for me. But, I mean, um, and that that would have been more Im- impactful if that character who was featured in both those sequences actually was a character, you yeah. know? Because well, you're right. Mike, yeah, yeah. And that's the problem is that Mike Lee didn't write this movie as a character piece. He had an idea, and he was angry about workers' rights. He's like, you know what? I want to make a movie about this that talks about modern time parables, and he did. But he didn't care about any of the people who were actually in it. All of them, they're they're all just mouthpieces, you know? Like they just talk and they talk, and then they're off screen, and you forget all about them. I kind of see this as someone like Aaron Sorkin would have a wet dream writing snappy dialogue for a film like this. <laughs> but Mike, is it Mike Lay, as you said, his dialogue Lee, isn't yeah. bad. It's just so honest. There's no snap to it. It's all... It, it's very literate. It's very eloquent. It's like watching C-SPAN. This is 19th century C-SPAN. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's good, good. Good to anybody, any listener out there who even knows what C-SPAN is. But wow, you would never recommend C-SPAN to a friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just I just felt this was just such a chore to sit through. And it's so sad, again, because this isn't even a, like the worst movie I've watched. It's not even a bad movie. It's just no, a movie all. that had so much potential to be like, a thoughtful, interesting political discussion, and it ends up just boring you senseless throughout most of it. Like, even when the final massacre actually happens, that was the, probably the best part of the movie, because stuff happened in that sequence, and before you know it, it was kind of over. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel so drained, because, you know, it's, it's funny. After watching this movie, I, I thought about when this movie was actually supposed to come out last year, because it was supposed to be an Oscar contender, and they yanked it off their schedule, like, immediately, and now I can totally see why. So... It was a good call, you know? I mean, certainly this history should be known. Not many people know about this. If anything, it's a huge hurrah for democracy, which I agree with in every point the film makes. Oh, sure, yeah. But on the alternate end, would the average moviegoer see this and leave going, oh my gosh, what did I even just see? I don't I don't even understand what's going on. I am so angry at this filmmaker. Most of the terms of the politics of this movie, you probably won't get. Right. Like, like you will not like if you're not like somewhat versed in British politics. A lot of this stuff will go completely over your head. I'm just like, okay, workers need rights is the best I can get from this. <laughs> no, and you're absolutely right. I had the pleasure of seeing this with my darling, who is well versed 
in uh, British politics and also accent. I know you're pretty much an expert on accents as well. <laughs> Sometimes during this film, I'd hear like, Parliament," And I'd turn to my wife and say, huh? And she'd say, oh, she said the workers are hungry and hunger causes more pain than, you know, is worth losing or something, you know, something English that I could understand. And that's my fault. You know, I fully take that on myself for not understanding a lot of British accents, but there's no subtitles in my screener. So if if you're in the same situation, most of this is going to seem like foreign shouting at you, you know, but did you have that problem while listening to these performances? My problem was just tuning out their dialogue because I, <laughs> I I could understand them fine enough when I was listening, but there's just come a point when you're like your eyes glaze over because that's exactly what happened to my wife. She was watching this with me, and the whole time she just kind of started to look away and just go like, "Is there anything else happening on the screen, honey? Just just tell me when plot happens." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, again, I feel bad just trying to criticize this because this is not atypical to the style of film Mike Lee does, but I feel like his other films are just better than this movie you know like they they feel like they have more heart or at least more of a focus to them this one just seems kind of aimless so and the only time i woke up for any acting performances was when rory kinnear shows up because he's like the mayor who's helping crusade for the reformers yeah and you're like oh good someone i recognize oh that's great what's he gonna do and he does more of the same as everybody else in this movie but at least you kind of pay attention whenever he comes on screen just like okay this dude's got some presence you know Yep, he does. That's a good yeah. point. So I'm really divided on this film. On the one hand, I think this is a very well-made movie and definitely up to the standard of Mike Lee's craftsmanship. On the other hand, I would never watch this movie again or even think about it. No, you're right. Yeah, so I don't know. Is there any, any other points before your final thought? I don't have any other points. No, we, we, I think we've covered them very well. <laughs> well, then, yes, uh, Mr. Lord Bradley, please give your final thoughts for this movie. When I was traveling... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no, I, I enjoyed the um, theatrics of Parliament. You know, I've actually watched Parliament. I'm the boring guy that sometimes watches C-SPAN and other, you know, government shows, just because I like to look informed. And I think the Parliament sequences are very accurate to the point of wow, this is boring, you know? Um, (laughs) It's like watching actual politics. (laughs) Yeah, which is like, oh, yay, I I feel smarter for watching this. I'm also wishing that, like, this computer would crash so I can be like, oh, no, oh, I really wanted to see that. Um, I do like the the Waterloo and the Peterloo uh, depictions of the massacres that occurred. I thought those did what they were supposed to do. You know, and not to go back to, like, rag on Mel Gibson, but he's he's a very similar filmmaker in, wow, look at this war scene. Yeah, you, you should feel ashamed for wanting something to happen, though. Here's some true nightmare fuel to keep you up at night. You know, and the this particular massacre in Peterloo had a lot of imagery that involved and invoked this isn't right oh my gosh this isn't right oh yeah what can i do to 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 change this and my wife you know like calm down honey this was over 100 years ago you can't change anything 
It also does, it also uh, makes it worse when you realize, wow, the way they portray the government and the p- politics and the soldiers in this movie, they're all, like, just shy of Snidely Whiplash evil in this movie. Like, when they're going around the massacre, <laughs> and they're just like, oh, cut down the peasants! Ha 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 ha! You're just like, jeez, movie, no subtlety whatsoever. Well, there was one soldier who had a duty about him, but the fact that his duty was stab some people made it like you're saying like he grew a mustache right in that scene to be like hey, hey stabby stabby anyways yeah um yeah i could jump right into the final thought was i in my no go ahead thought? yeah okay um you know movies like this they're worth a look or at least if you see a movie like this title you know wikipedia it or actually read a real history book about it or just watch the film because that's always good but it it doesn't approach the audience with any kind of kid gloves or any kind of um, avatar to explain things in a very simple way. And also, like you made your point before, it overdoes the government and the politics. Like scene after scene after scene is the same discussion. Oh, man, and it is... Not painful, because it's well shot, but like a slog to get through. Um, I will say, even with that, it does hit home the importance of democracy and labor rights and getting involved in your own local, you know, government. And I say local government because we can all do that. We can all have an understanding of where we live and why we vote. And yeah, I'd say it hits that home. This was kind of approaching a below mid-tier for me until the end really puts an exclamation on the importance of democracy, and boy does it. I don't think I'm going to forget a lot of those massacre scenes. Oh, no. So I'm going to give this six out of ten. No, the worst person, the worst offender of those kind of like accents was um, the guy they introduced as the prince in this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. it sounded like he was like, he had like marbles in his mouth most of the time because he's like, <laughs> and most of his dialogue was that level of like, I am so rich and the peasants are pathetic and ho, 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 I am, I am the worst. It's just, oh man. I, all I can say about this movie is that Amazon, you made a good call investing in Cold War instead of this movie because. I mean, this movie is not going to win any points with them. Like, it's it's already calculated to be a huge bomb, like in terms of like you know money back from the from the investment. I could imagine, yeah, yeah. Which it, it's not even that expensive. It's like eighteen million, but that just shows how little interest and faith people have in this movie. It's just, it's just kind of a waste. Like you said again, it's all important topics being discussed. It's all interesting stuff. It just feels like it has to overplay its hand and ch- ramming it down your throat again and again and again and again, and. Again, you know, it's funny. Mr. Turner, the film, the guy, this, the, the the film this guy made beforehand, is just as long. It's just as dry. It's just as pretty. And yet, I would watch that again way many more times than I would watch this film because at least that one had a focus and it had you know a lead character you could attach to. This one just doesn't. And I don't know. I just I felt like I was just bored so much about this film. So because I didn't hate it, and it's not in essence a badly shot or designed movie. I'm going to give it five out of ten very violent potato throws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Deliciously <laughs> painful. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
sorry folks, uh, maybe this is not the film for you, maybe it is, but I don't know. 